0: This is The Reconstructed Man Podcast and I'm your host, Lane Ingram. The Reconstructed Man Podcast is a place where we explore the transgender experience by sharing stories and lifting up the voices of others. It's for everybody, trans, cis, and everywhere in between. This show is about building community and connections and I am so glad that you're here. So I gotta tell you, I can't believe it's finally time for the first episode of season 2. I'm so excited about the amazing guests that I have that, that I've had the chance to talk to, and the stories that we're going to be able to share. Uh, right away, you'll notice a big change, and that is there's only one voice and one face. Here's what's important to know: I love Daniel. He loves me. He helped create what I hope continues to be an amazing show, a show that inspires people, that raises awareness, and maybe even makes things a little bit better for somebody out there. For this season. You're going to get me and all my stuff. And then every other show will feature a spectacular guest who will share their work and their stories. Some of the guests that we're going to have on the show include Micah Porter. He's an LGBTQ plus advocate. He focuses on building greater inclusion for teens and youth and athletics. Uh, Damian Lopez, he's the author of the trans children's book, I Am a Prince. And Don Enos, who's an award-winning journalist and first out editor at The Advocate. So I'm excited. And I'm telling you, this is going to be an amazing season, and I'm glad you're here. So season two, episode one, New Beginnings. Uh, Daniel and I tried to be clever last season and have one-word titles for each of the episodes since it was season one. So this year, I'm going to continue that cleverness uh, and go with two-word titles if I can do it. So New Beginnings is the title of episode one. So let's get into it. What's going on in the world right now? Right now, we've got trans legislation, um, anti-trans legislation all over the country. Um, in Michigan, it's also happening. Um, the bill SB 218, it's being led by Senator Lanotheus, Um, And it's ridiculous. You know, I'll give you a, a quick snippet, um, basically of what it says. Um, and it's basically just about athletics in high school. Okay. And it says education, athletics, the requirement that only biological males may compete for a position on and compete on a boys' high school team and an interscholastic activity. And only biological females may compete for a position on and compete on a girls' high school team and an interscholastic activity. Um, I mean, that's really all it says. Um, There's no other amendment. And so, you know, what people need to really understand is that, you know, this bill is attacking trans kids, but it's also, it's attacking all kids. You know, it's attacking all kids. And it reminds me of that, that proverb that's out, you know, it you know, something to the effect of, you know, first they came for the Jews, you know, then they came for, you know, this other group then they came for this other group and then they came for me and there was nobody else and there was nobody left to stand. Right. And so, you know, they're coming for all of us. Right. And we have to take a stand. And so I'm disappointed that that's happening here in Michigan. Um And whatever you can do in whatever pockets of the world that you're in to, you know, stand up for this, for these kids, protect these kids, make sure that they get a chance to play because that's what we're talking about is kids, right? We're talking about high school athletics and kids, you know, athletics helps build character and teamwork and confidence, right? Things that you need in the the world, you know, Um, I'm not happy about it. So that's what's going on with some anti-trans legislation in the world. June 12th, just four days ago, marked the five year anniversary of the post nightclub shooting. Um, you know, I just wanna take a minute to remember all those lives that were lost because that was a tragedy, a senseless, unnecessary tragedy. Um, and it's been five years since that happened. You know, when you think about how, how far we've come, right? And like just so much further left to go. For some good news though, A Texas bakery. This is like the coolest story. I shared this twice on Twitter um, because it makes me happy and it gives me goosebumps. Right. So um, this Texas bakery for Pride Month, they put on their Facebook. They said, "Hey, we got these rainbow cookies. Um, More love, less hate. If you want a cookie, come by. Um, We'd love to see you." The next day, they posted and they're like, "You know, we received some really negative messages. We had a customer cancel a large order." You know, we're so, you know, sad and upset. You know, if you'd like to get some cookies, we've got a ton that we need to get rid of. Three hours later, somebody took a picture and their line was wrapped around the sidewalk, like wrapped around the sidewalk. Two hours later, they posted and said, we're completely sold out. They had pictures of their empty shelves. They're like, thank you so much. Um, come back tomorrow for more rainbow cookies. So I love that. It gives me goosebumps. And it's like, I love pride and I love us, right? More love, less hate. There's more of us than there are of them, right? So that's what's going on right now. Some of the three of the things that top of my mind. So today's show, new beginnings, but it's pride month, right? I got on my proud 365 shirt that I got at Target. Um, Target, feel free to throw me some change for that shout out. But for real, I did get this shirt and I got another shirt that says pride, pride, pride. It's pretty cool. So I'm going to talk a little bit about pride today because for me, pride is like a lot different than it used to be. Um, If you don't know what Pride is, I'll give you a quick little synopsis, right? Pride Month happens in the US every year in June. Um, It kind of commemorates the Stonewall riots which happened in June of 1969. Um, And so a lot of Pride events are held in June um, to basically recognize the impact that the LGBTQ plus community has had on, on the world. Um, Stonewall was kind of like the catalyst and like a symbol of the resistance to, um, you know, social discrimination, right? Um, and it means a lot. You know, there are people who had the courage and the bravery um, to stand up against the police, right? And, um, you know, in, in the midst of all these raids, right? And that kind of was the catalyst to get us going um, in the gay movement. So it means a lot. You know, as a young person, I don't think I really... Got it. Um, and I think it's because I wasn't really myself, you know, I wasn't connected as connected to myself as I could be. Right. So now that I've actually come out and I'm living openly and authentically, like pride hits me a little bit differently. You know, it hits a little bit different. I, when I see things, um, like that story about the Texas bakery, you know, like it's more emotional, it's more meaningful, it's more impactful. Um, I love pride. It makes me happy. And I think I love pride because I feel good about me, you know. Um, so my first pride experience, I was young um, and I was still living, um, you know, before I hadn't transitioned. And so it was more about fun. I went to my first pride in Long Beach in California and it was cool. I mean, I didn't really know what to expect. Right. So I was from Michigan and I did hadn't really experienced any of the like real real gay or LGBTQ plus community here. And so being out in LA, we went to Long Beach and it was cool. I mean there was a lot of people and they were expressing themselves. It's kind of it is kind of like what you see on TV with the floats and the people and the music um and the outfits. Um but it was cool. You know, I guess my most vivid memory is like going down to this tent and they were playing my milkshake brings all the boys to the yard. And I just remember how much I disliked that song and still do. Um, So um, I've been to many since, right? So I've been to Lansing Pride. I've been to LA Pride. um, But I haven't been as a trans guy yet. And I'm looking forward to it. Um, I think going kind of and feeling like myself and being myself will be a better, I don't know, a better, different experience. Um, One that... One that I'm definitely, definitely looking forward to. Um, you know, when I think about pride, so our local paper reached out and they said, hey, can you tell us what, what pride means to you? And it's like I was saying, like, it means it means a little bit more now. It's more emotional. It's more meaningful. It's more impactful. And when you get to be yourself, right, and then you see people who are going through the same things that you went through or who are experiencing things that you experience, and you can help them or you can understand. Right. Or like the fact that I get to do this show is because of all the people that came before me. And that really, really means something. Um, and it's really, really important. I mean, overall, I mean, I just basically love pride. Um, so, I got a new little segment that I want to do. Um, and it's called Asked and Answered, right? And so this is where I'm going to take two questions that I either get from social media or email or I find online in one of the trans groups that I belong to and answer them. So hopefully it's helpful, All right. So the first question I got was, how do you deal with family that doesn't accept you or doesn't use their correct pronouns? This is a, a really interesting kind of topic to me, um, you know, because pronouns, I think pronouns are, are hot right now in general, but like for me, you know, I think for one, you have to give people a grace period, especially people who have good intentions, right? So let's, I'm going to take the second half of this question first, right? On the pronouns. So I I came out four years ago in 2017. Right. And I understood that after 36 years of being Elaine, it was going to take people a minute to switch over to lane and calling me, he and him. I understood that. Right. I mean, Elaine to lane shouldn't have been that big of a deal because they already called me lane, but that's neither here nor there. But so, right. I understood that, you know, your eyes tell you something, you see something different, you know, and it doesn't quickly go to your brain, right? I understand that. And so I I feel like we have to be willing to give people a grace period, you know, especially if they're trying, right? If they're not trying, that's a different story. They're not trying, then you got to set boundaries, you know, and as you become more comfortable in your own skin, as you become more confident in yourself, you will have the the tools and the wherewithal and the, you know, kind of the courage to say something. So for me, when I first came out, you know, I had people who were resistant to the idea who didn't understand it, who, you know, you know, I had one relative who said, you know, I just don't know if I'm going to be able to do that. And, you know, I think in my case, what was different was that I was older, 36, established, but also it was right. You know, it punched me in the chest. It was so right. And so I didn't care if they were going to be able to do it or not. It was happening. You know, it was just going to be a matter of, are you going to be in my life to the to the degree that you were before or not? And so I'd say the way that you deal with family that doesn't accept you is right. Like you have to determine how important they are to you overall, right? Like how important, how much do they mean to your life? How much do they matter, right? Because you can give people a little bit of leeway um, as they start to come to terms with it, right? Because some people feel like it's a loss, that they're grieving somebody. So you gotta, you gotta take that into consideration. But you also have to take into consideration your needs, how you feel, right? What you want and what's gonna be the most healthy environment for yourself, Okay, so here's what I'd say in a short nutshell, right? Have patience with people, right? But be clear about your boundaries and expectations. And when you get to the point where, you know, you can't take it anymore, or you feel like people are not even trying, or it feels disrespectful, then don't do it, right? They don't deserve a place in your life, because what you're trying to do is get to be you. All right? And then people that don't use the correct pronouns, I mean, a swift and stern correction is always the way to go. Um, I tweeted about this the other day. So I went to uh, my little cousin's wedding in Colorado and my entire mom's side of the family was there. Like everybody, she's got five brothers and sisters. They've got lots of kids. I mean, all of us were there. And again, it's been four years and they did a good job, you know, but like, I was like the pronoun police, right? I earned my badge of honor because like they're trying, but they still mess up. And it's like, oh my God, like I have a beard and a deep voice, as you can see. But, you know, and so, you know, swift corrections. And then again, set your boundaries. People keep doing it. They're not trying. They got to go. All right. Second question that I got What is the biggest change to expect on testosterone? So before I answer this, everybody's different, right? Like testosterone and its effects affect people differently. They, you know, it takes different amounts of time for different people. Um, You know, I mean, obviously, I think the biggest changes to expect are the physical changes. I mean, you are going to grow hair and your, you know, jawline is going to change and your body fat is going to redistribute. Those things are going to happen. Your voice is going to drop. Um, You know, I think the biggest change that happened to me, though, like, obviously, I look a lot different than I did before. But the biggest thing that you can expect, right, once you come out, once you you know, have your doctor's appointments once you get your testosterone, is your changing confidence. That's the biggest thing for me, right? Because you know what's happening. You know what's happening. You can feel yourself changing. And even before other people see stuff, you're going to see stuff um, even before it's there. And that's all right. You know, so I'd say the biggest thing that you can expect is that your confidence is going to go through the roof, probably, right? But it's different for everybody. Um, Some people... Uh, they grow hair way faster. It's taken me four years to get this bad boy and I've still got a couple of patches. So it's different for everybody, right? So that is a wrap for episode one of season two, short episode. I had fun, right? Just a little bit to talk about. Quick little show to say what's up. We're back, okay? I hope you enjoyed it. If you have a question, or if there's something that you want me to talk about, or somebody that you want me to talk to, send me a note at thereconstructedman at gmail.com or hit me on the website at thereconstructedman.com. For all my friends out there, listen, make sure you subscribe on YouTube. If you like what you're hearing, right, like it, rate it, share it. We're also on Facebook. We're on Twitter. If you feel so inclined, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at the right lane. Now keep doing you because nobody can do you better than you can. I'm Lane Ingram. And this is the Reconstructed Man Podcast. Peace out.